Uh, we're starting anyway. Hi, I'm Bryce. And I will. And this is SideQuests, a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we talk... About games and stuff. Yeah, games and stuff. We talk a lot about, like, learning and education also, um, but learning in the context of games and outside of the context of games. I don't know if we have any topics <laughs> in mind, but we tend to wander in that direction all the time, whether we did anyway, did or not. It's true. Um, what do we want to talk about this time? Well, um, we've both been playing some games, um, some of which we've been playing with each other, or at least trying to. Yeah, and we, there's been quite a lot of playing of old games that we played a lot in the past, like replaying yeah. games. Well, on, yeah, that's true. On both of our accounts, both together and separately. Um, we, we can start out with the one that we've been sort of playing together, uh, which is StarCraft, the original, or Brood War, depending on which uh, sort of definition of the original you want right yeah um it's widely acknowledged that you know the original star that starcraft itself is not a perfect game whereas brood war is a perfect game mm. so if you have the choice um. it's funny i uh so i have mostly just played the terran campaign every time i've restarted to play uh and just played that and not really done a lot of playing online or against other people um, so I think a lot of the perfection comes in the game balance for multiplayer play. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, a has a there's like a I don't know I mean people who are really into StarCraft are really into StarCraft and and I'm not quite one of them but I'm I'm borderline um, you know and and so you know it's very easy to find people who want to talk about the like perfect chess like balance and the you know the kind of beautiful interaction of all the parts and. Um, right, because you you have played online somewhat competitively. Yeah, well, I right. I mean, somewhat competitively is maybe strong. I've tried. I've competed with myself to get better. Um, you and have, I have competed with less success with the rest of the world. You have won greater than zero games against opponents on the internet. That's true. That um, makes you better. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so there was a, there was a brief period of time in my uh, in my t- mid twenties, early twenties, uh, probably early twenties. Um, I was unemployed and uh, not really sure what I was doing with my life, and I decided to get good at StarCraft um, for for career. <laughs> building purposes <laughs> that's right um it was not obviously a good decision for any any reason at all but uh, but this was this is back in you know as 10 10 more 10 15 years ago something like that i mean between those two numbers um mm-hmm. and it was before starcraft 2 came out and so it was before there was any kind of like starcraft resurgence and so if you tried to play online you know the only people who were still playing online were koreans by and large and then the occasional like try-hard American who wants to, who have, for some reason has decided that this is going to be a thing that they're doing, um, and you know StarCraft is like the Brood War is like the kind of national sport of of Korea in some in some sense, hmm. um, and and so you would just it was the the level of play, the level of competitive play on Battle.net in uh you know the early 2000s the like early to mid 2000s um aughts is was extremely high um and so i mostly just lost a lot really really quickly but they have you know you have these like treasured these treasured memories of the time when you get the timing right that your dragoon shows up before their probe before their scv finishes building the 
uh, supply depot to make the wall in and you can disrupt that wall in and and you know do, do we want to take a, a brief <laughs> moment to describe starcraft it's... i feel that i i feel like i just described starcraft right there <laughs> i was thinking in words that humans understand uh because a lot of that game is uh very deep and you can get really lost in your own understanding of it uh i was i was thinking about how like you can talk about anything that you've put a lot of hours into in a way that nobody else can understand <laughs> right and starcraft or... certainly has a lot of its own minutiae um not only does it have a lot of its own minutiae and and a lot of you know uh it, it's the kind of game it's like a hobby game by which i mean it's a game that people like they make though there's a lot of people who only play starcraft um and when when you have that kind of hobby game then there's a whole community of people who have developed extremely specialized knowledge um right um so starcraft is a real-time strategy game where you are like looking sort of top down three quarters view mostly but mostly top down at a map um and you don't actually do any shooting yourself you tell little units that you produce and are on the board to go around and shoot other units that are on the board and you win by, for the most part, by completely annihilating all of the your opponent's uh, buildings and units. And I don't know how much you actually have to. Yeah. Having never won to... a game on the <laughs> internet, uh, do you have to kill all of them, or do you? Just... Uh, I'm pretty sure you have to kill all of the buildings. Okay. Um, but you know, um, usually someone will concede before that happens. But right. I think I we have, um, but in playing against the computer, I'm pretty sure you have to kill kill all the all of the buildings, but not all the units. But yeah, and and so there's this there's this aspect of you know moving your little clicking and moving your little science fiction toy soldiers around um, mm -hmm. and telling them to shoot each other and hit each other with psionic weapons and whatever. Um, right. <laughs> and then there's a the, the other kind of half of the game is is the economic half, where in addition to telling these these little these little critters to kill each other you are also telling some other similar little critters to go and pick up crystals and get money and then build buildings and spend you know, so that you can spend that money and there's a you can so you can spend money to build more troops or build more buildings or build more whatever um, right so it's like if your king could produce pawns uh, yeah, and, and like like most games that have an economic system, it you know it has a tendency to kind of spiral out of control. And the better you do, the better you do. Um, and 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 so this is I, I think like that it's those kind of aspects, those economic aspects that really make the game have this extreme difficulty curve. Where if you're really good at it, you're like you know dozens to hundreds of times better than someone who. Yeah, there it has this element of the action economy as well uh which is usually what they mean by like uh in a game like how many things you can do before your opponent can do thing like like you your goal is to do as many actions as you can per second uh um, right to to make sure that you that's like things you clicked like i clicked on this building i had that building produce a unit i clicked on this unit and i had them go over there and do all these things and the faster you are at doing all of those things the better you are at playing. Um, and this is why I usually lose whenever I play this game uh, against humans. Right. And and StarCraft is funny because... So, I mean, it's an old game. It's made in 1997. Um, incidentally, the same year that uh, Final Fantasy VII was made. Oh, really? Um, yeah. 
huh which is uh, uh coming up we'll talk yeah. about it <laughs> Um, I don't know about the other games, but um, 97, a good year huh. in gaming, I think. Um, I just looked it up and it said 96, but I... Oh, am be... I wrong about Final Fantasy VII? Well, it's... I'm I'm going on Wikipedia here. That's uh, fair. Game debuted That's good... at E3 in 1996, which I'm not sure if that means, like, it was actually released or they shared it with the world uh, right. for the first time, so... Uh, and then, and then, if you look at where it says on anyway, it, mid to late nineties is when it, it is came hard out. to say exactly when a video game is released in in some ways, like mm-hmm. uh, right, uh, or or what or which release date you care about, right? Like I personally care about the American release date of games that happened during my childhood, even though if I'm thinking about you know game history, mm-hmm. um, I, I I understand that they did in fact happen at other times. And... Right. Uh, but this game is made by Blizzard, which is an American company, which usually means it'll get its an American release first and then a worldwide yeah. one or simultaneously. Uh, but but it won't have released somewhere else in the world before it came out in the United States as as a rule for games that are made in the U.S. Um, and then, you know, as similar rules for other parts of the world making games, they usually release them at home first. Yeah. Which is... Um, but, yeah, so it was made in, uh, you know, 90, between 1996 and 1998. Um, I think Brood War came out in 98. So, mm-hmm. um, the, but it, you know, it ran on computers. Computers couldn't do that much back then. Um, and, you know, they were, you measured in like, there was like hundreds of megahertz. Um, like right. I, I think I, I had StarCraft poorly running on a 486 mm. with like maybe a, maybe a Pentium with like 233 megahertz or something. Um, yeah. And the Ram was itty bitty. The yeah, whole, the like, whole game fit on a single CD. Um, and yeah, you, you had megabytes of Ram, um, right. maybe like four or eight. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, these days, you you know, you could fit the entire game in RAM at once, like including yeah. all the maps and uh, like three games running at the same time if you wanted. Yeah. So so the game could you couldn't do that much, and so you know, like the AI of the game is not that good. Yeah. Um, Five siege I mean, tanks, I mean, and you can beat the whole game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean the AI, I, I, like the AI, if you're playing against the computer, but also like the AI of your own units, the pathing mm-hmm. and, um, and so really everything in the game, it does very little for you. Um, your units are generally never going to do anything unless you tell them to, and, or they're never going to do the right thing. Um, I, I just, and it's funny cause I was been playing, I played a little earlier today uh and just against the computer just playing the campaign um and just my my memory of goliaths is them just like running around with their hands waving around in the air just like unable to stop and it's true yeah. it still happens like they, they get into the situation where they're you you send a whole group of units and you say this whole group of units go there and they yeah. have some pathfinding but all the pathfinding is like individual to the unit and some of your units, and they can't walk through each other, so some of your units will stop because they're like, I got close enough to that spot. This feels pretty good. And they just stop. And your other unit physically cannot get to a place where it thinks it's okay to stop. So it's like, oh, I'm going to get there. Oh, no, I'm going to go find this other path. And then it redoes its pathfinding and it tries to get back in that spot. And you end up with like, 
you know, six tanks all stopped in one spot and one just driving back and forth in circles or yeah. walking to the other side of the map or driving to the complete other side of the map because it thinks it's going to get there better that, that way. Yeah, for some, yeah, like if you have like five or six large units that you have all, you know, it's, it's a, so it has this top down view. You can like draw a square and like lasso a bunch of units and tell, right click and tell them all to go somewhere. And if you just do that with like five big units near a ramp um, and then go pay attention to something else, then you're just going to have this dance of them all getting in each other's way and then getting out of each other's way over and over again. Um, so you play I, the game of micromanagement to like, no, 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 tank, be there, right there. Thank you. And, and so there's, the computer doesn't do anything well for you. And that means that one of your precious resources is your own attention and your ability to click on those five tanks to put them in the right spot um, or even just get them to go anywhere. Um, but you need to click on those five tanks and put them in the right spot, ideally while also going back to your base and building more resource gatherers and making sure your factories are still making more tanks and... And, and finding, remembering where your SCV that you have to build buildings is. Uh, right. This is something that I'm always, and it's playing against the computer. It's fine. You can be relatively inefficient. But if you're playing against another person, you, you need to be on top of that. Like, you can't just have, like, three extra SCVs around because you want to find one sometimes in order to build another turret or whatever you're going to do. Because... That means you could have spent that on a marine who would go in and fight your enemy, and now you've lost already because the, your opponent, if you're playing on the internet, essentially is going to play perfectly, and you will lose. Right, and yeah, and so the the hardest thing when you first start playing StarCraft, and you know, and more than first start playing, not the you know, the thing that remains the hardest thing until you reach some major plateau is like i guess the first hardest thing is making sure you are always that you're gathering a lot of resources because it's really easy to forget to gather resources because you're moving your little army guys around mm. um but then once you get into the habit of making sure you're gathering lots of resources which is not that hard it's like a big hurdle but it's not that hard the really hard thing is then spending all of those resources mm -hmm. because almost every game you know i mean i used to be a little better at the game these days almost any every game i play i die and i die with like thousands and thousands of money in the bank and you're <laughs> like those could have been tanks Right. But for some reason, I didn't use it. I don't know why. Like, I didn't have enough attention to realize that I needed to build another factory right. and to you, build more tanks. And you play, like, your goal is to have no money and be building in every building all of the time. Basically. Yeah, and it doesn't have any... And it doesn't have any, like, hot... It has hotkeys, but you can't... It has... But it's very clumsy. So you can't say... There's no command to say... All of my barracks should build a marine. Mm -hmm. um, you have to click on every barracks and press the M button. Mm -hmm. um, right? There's no... The, the thing that I find that was the most helpful that they added to Warcraft 3, which came out after StarCraft, was the witch peasant or peon or, or wisp uh, is not building something right now button. Oh, yeah. And like... So you never had to work, and it would just take you right to it, and you could be like, oh yeah, you, now you can be building this other uh, building that I need right now. And you just never got stuck having like 12 extra guys that you 
just because like you couldn't find one the last time you're like eh, it's faster to just build another scv than it is to scroll through my whole map and find the one that should be building right. another and so, yeah and so you keep grab you like grab one off your mineral line and have them build something and you do that a dozen times to build you know your farms or whatever and then and then later in the game you're like wait why is only one of these guys mining minerals <laughs> <laughs> 13 13 scvs here yeah um so yeah there every every it's it's worth mentioning i've I've been describing all the different like scvs or peasants or peons or whatever because first of all i'm mixing together warcraft and starcraft which are made by the same company and were essentially the same game uh but also there's like different uh there's in starcraft there's three different races there's the terrans which are humans the zerg which are uh basically the alien from alien uh but as a whole like species and then the protoss who are like alien people they're space elves yeah right <laughs> sure <laughs> um and so each one of them has a different base unit uh that that goes like the scv is the unit that you have that goes and builds buildings and harvests resources and the protoss also has a base unit that goes and does all those things um so uh so like sometimes you just sort of talk about them interchangeably yeah if you want to talk vaguely and yeah and, and so there's i mean the game is very funny because there is there's this there still exists a, a professional brood war scene like there are still people who make their livelihood by being really really good at a 23 year old video game um oh, and older and, <laughs> 24 <laughs> um and and what that means is that there are enough people who enjoy the game as players and spectators to go to events and watch streams and i don't you know pay attention to sponsorship deal you know to like to, to be advertised at and all the other ways that that sports can make money mm. um yeah and it's not not one of the big esports but it it was one of the first and it's still it's still around which is a pretty big accomplishment yeah and i've come back and played it again every once in a while most of the time i only ever get as far as playing through the terran campaign again just another time uh which I, this is like the ninth time i've done that i think um but i'm doing it again right now and it's still fun um and i was thinking about how like if you're gonna make a new video game you like you kind of have to be more fun than starcraft <laughs> i have some well, new video games and i'm playing starcraft have, yeah, yeah i mean you have to at least be more convenient than starcraft um which getting a game of starcraft together with your friends has never been convenient um, except now it's, 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 relatively... yeah, it was funny. So there were three of us, um, uh, Bryce and I, and, and our friend Jeff were setting up a game last weekend and, you know, very, it's Starcraft and Brood War are now free. You can download them. You can just go to the Blizzard website, uh, and down buy. sorry, don't, you don't have to buy them. You can just download them and play them. There's no ads. There's no nothing. You can just play this game. Um, they also have made a remastered version, which is exactly the same gameplay, but has, fancy graphics um and and they've also made apparently a cartoon version which has cartoony graphics which looks really delightful i'm really tempted to buy that um, and, and so of course that's the business model for for giving away the the old bad looking game for free is that if you you know might convince people people like us be like yeah i could spend another 15 dollars on starcraft why not i've bought starcraft so many times I, I've I think I've bought it at least three times over the twenty something years of its existence. 
because I got it relatively early on. I, then I, you know, lost all the discs and then I bought it again because it was just easier to buy it again than find the discs and cheap enough that right. it was worth doing. Um, and then maybe another time. I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I've, but now it, it was actually relatively easy to get a game up and running if, if Jeff's computer had just stayed on. <laughs> yeah, something something went awry. And it, um, in this case, and it was not a problem with StarCraft itself. It was something about that particular computer. And, yeah. yeah. But, but it, it always is. That's the other thing. You're mm. always like, oh, it basically worked except for some some reason, which is, you know, unique to this situation and couldn't possibly be reproduced. <laughs> But for some reason that happened every single time I did this for 20 years. Yeah. Um, it used to be worse, though. And you used to have to, like, update. So everybody had to be on the right version. And then you had to figure out how to update. And then the update would take an hour to download. So you'd have two people playing. And the other person would be the one with the new... Anyway, it was a... It's been a mess, historically. Yeah. and But the, now you can do it. You can just go. You can download. You can play the game. Um, and it's... It's fun. It's it's not the, like the gameplay. You know, you don't have to. There is something that is fun about the extremely precise, high level. You know, highly cerebral, incredibly high skill. Like three faction rock paper scissors chess combined with you know maximum velocity game that the Korean pros play and that people watch for for fun hmm. but there's also something fun about the game that we play which is like where you kind of fuck around and try to do as best you can and you play against the computer so you know it doesn't it doesn't really matter if there's a big skill differential between you and your buddies because you can work together which i think is a huge thing um like being able to play games cooperatively is so important yeah i am more interested in playing that game cooperatively than competitively because all the times i've played competitively i i don't know what what i really like doing when i play the game is to like build up the big bad army of giant the giantest things and then slowly you know take nine battle cruisers and go through the map and kill everything um, which is horribly inefficient, and it's, like, usually not how the game ends up getting won. They're very slow. Yeah, right. <laughs> but they're very fun, especially when you, like, get to their command center, and they all Yamato cannon the command uh, center. The Yamato <laughs> cannon is a great, that's a great, uh, you know, ability. Yeah, so. it's, like, the biggest shot, and it does the most damage. I, I don't think it is the most damage you can do with a single thing, but it's up there. Probably is. Well, there's Probably a nuke. Is. Oh, there is. That's true. Um, I I was gonna say it's the biggest, and then I remembered the nuke. Yeah, it's so hard to build nukes. Yeah, and they take so eight work. people. Yeah, and you have to build nuclear missile silos and ghosts, and it's all a big process. <laughs> yeah, just it's all a big process just to launch a nuclear missile. <laughs> it should be really easy to launch nuclear <laughs> missiles. No, oh. I I take it back. I don't know. It's just really and playing games cooperative cooperatively is really fun. It's it's really important. The more I play video games, like and I used to be, and, and, well, let's see. I think I am at heart kind of a competitive person. Mm. Um, like I like to try things really hard. Um, I like to I like to really try to win. Um, I don't mind losing, uh, hmm. but but I like to really try to win. I like to try to figure stuff out. I like to get good at things, hmm. and and I it's very easy for me to bring that to video games, which is why why I one of the reasons I like continue to love StarCraft 
is this this kind of like persistent memory of this these like experiences of like really really working really hard and like i'm gonna train this build order and you know mm. then i'm gonna get it down and then i'm gonna be able to you know all right well this next game i'm gonna try i'm gonna like work on training this different strategy so i can figure out but i have these very strong memories but at the same time the the more the you know the older i get the more i play games and the more i want to play games with people who don't who either haven't played all the same games as me or who haven't played games as much as me in general um or who just aren't that good at them or not that interested in being good at them um like the more i just don't there's no room for competitive play um mm. when when it's so much fun to play games with your friends and it's so hard it's so rare to have a, a setup where you and your set of friends are all at the same level at the same game and you all really want to play it at the same time it's funny i i think there are a lot of people who and who do that um i'm thinking of how i used to play halo with a similar group of people over and over again i was nowhere near as good as everybody else who was playing this game but you know i was like uh not as i like ended up getting a lot better over time and like sometimes when i was on the team with you know the team i was on would win against you know it, you know mix and match and 2v2 and uh um things like that um and like i used to play casually play first person shooters um in that in that way and i think that's a, a little bit more common for that genre um just because it's it's a very popular genre i think more people play first person shooters than play re real-time strategy games right um but like it, it happens but sometimes you you just want to play with other people <laughs> and the the game imbalance of you being really high skill uh like can is very like frustrating to other players sometimes um or it has been frustrating to me to play against other people who are just way better at a game than right I well have. and and it's even in both directions because there's no mm -hmm. like it's also not fun to be better at a game than someone and then beat them mm -hmm. i mean i you know maybe it is for yeah it's according to how much you like them maybe i don't know but in that case it is it will often be the case that those people then don't want to play that game with you anymore Right. If you're, you're like, haha, I enjoyed beating you so much. They're like, uh, thanks. I'll just find a different activity. Well, and the other thing that's true for me, the is that at this point in my life, I want all of my gaming to be well. That's not. That's, that isn't true because I play single player games. Mm -hmm. But if I'm playing a multiplayer game, I want it to be social. Mm -hmm. um, and so that means I don't want to sit down with my headphones on, paying attention to my game, and not. I don't want to play with you and not talk to you. Mm, right. Yeah, that always was like a little bit silly. Um, although I've done a fair amount of it, but like usually there is a speaking component to to games like that. Um, but like cooperatively playing, but often most of the time those have some sort of cooperative element to it. Like, right. I don't, I don't think I've particularly wanted to play online against my friends. I've played mm. against other people with my friends, right. also all, all of us online. Um, yeah, and that makes a lot of, I mean, that's like more or less the same thing. It's just, a, mm -hmm. you know, you've, the AI might be worse or better and the AI might, is unlikely to be as much of an asshole um, as, as random people on the internet. Yeah, I was forgetting until just now the like cesspool that is the internet <laughs> and, yeah that's the real problem yeah um but I, I don't know mostly most of the experiences are not that 
Um, right. Yeah. Uh, but but I guess like when I'm like, oh, I want to play StarCraft with you know my friends. Like Jeff is better at Brood War than I am. Hmm. If we play competitively, he will win. I think 100 percent of the time, huh. maybe like 70 percent. Hmm. Um, okay. Uh, he he. Uh, you know, and that's that's fine. I think I'm better at StarCraft than you are. Um, it's, and, it has to be true. <laughs> um, and so, like, but I want the three of us to play together. There's no point in the three of us playing together in a competitive mm-hmm. game and not not having it be an interesting StarCraft challenge for the people who are better, and also not having anything to talk about. Hmm. Like, we can't. It's just fun to even if you're chatting with your friends about I'm going to attack the guy in the lower right. Oh my god, there's zerglings in my base. Right. Um, Quick, send some. <laughs> you said you had yeah. vultures. Send them over. Yeah. Something. Something. And and the the like I don't know the I mean the need for not the need but but the the, the desirability of just chatting with people while doing stuff um, you know it's like it's real and and it's like particularly resonant in a world where people don't get to leave the house right um, and that makes that makes video games into something like something like a bar or a party or something where you're like oh let's all go to a thing mm-hmm. um, and the thing that you're going to is you know New Gettysburg Spaceport. Um, <laughs> think that's the mission i'm on (laughs) uh i was playing some single player campaign right before this we we sat down to record uh and i think that's the next mission let's all just pop down to new New gettysburg spaceport for uh for a round yeah i think it's gonna be bad for new gettysburg (laughs) spaceport um but yeah uh which is which is pretty good um I do enjoy playing it. We I would like to actually succeed in starting a game, which uh, the last time I tried, we didn't quite succeed, but I think we'll do that again uh, a little yeah. later. Yeah, Jeff and I played a quick game. We it was it was really funny. We were like it got to be late, and I was like, I don't know if I want to really want to play because you know I, I was. He couldn't play until later, and then it got late, and then I, you know, and then it was like, it was like 9.30, and it's like, I don't know, it's almost bedtime. But I was like, you know, we can just play a quick game. And the game lasted like 15 minutes, because oh. a game of StarCraft doesn't have to be that long. Oh. We just, you know, logged in, played a game, we beat two computers, it was like, took us like 20, 15 or 20 minutes. Okay. And we said, all right, that's good, let's go to bed. <laughs> nice. It usually takes me longer, but that's because I don't attack them until I have the biggest things but yeah well in this case the computer did a very very aggressive zergling rush on me mm. um, which i barely defeated i lost all of my scbs oh. um but i i did push it away but that meant that they had co- committed to no late game at all um okay. so like they had, had no units at all basically when jeff sent his, his i see there. so then he so. Let me mop that up real quick. Nice, right? I'm sure. I'm sure if the computer does like, a, I don't. I don't know how the AI in Brood War and what they do and don't do. I don't remember. Mm. <laughs> um, but like, I'm sure if they do a longer term strategy, then yeah, I don't know much about the uh, the AI in well, really any game, <laughs> but but in that one either. I imagine. I remember there being like settings, right? Couldn't you set them? There to be... aren't. Yeah, but there aren't in in multiplayer. So oh. I, I don't know. That's a that's a point of, of research that I'm trying to do is figure out how mm. to cuz it'd be fun it'd be fun to have be able to make games of different difficulties. Oh. Right. Um yeah. So so I may pull out the Starcraft map editor and make some custom maps for different different uh sets of sets of friends or like different amounts of of humans against different amounts of computers. Right. The Starcraft map editor is amazing. Hmm. Um, I love it. I mean, I loved it when I was, you know, 12 or 13 or mm-hmm. however old. I don't actually remember it that well. Um, I remember not but, succeeding very well at it. But it has, you know, you can use it to build 
StarCraft maps, but you can also use it to build these like you know all the all the stuff that they I think they used it for the for the campaign mm-hmm. more or less. So all of the custom scripted things, the dialogues, the triggers when this event happens and it triggers some like weird dialogue stuff, and mm. you can do all that. Oh, cool! Um, and so you can make these these little narrative games or these weird these weird custom maps. Um, right, like hmm. there's a whole obviously like. There's a whole lineage of games that have that grew up out of out of StarCraft maps and then Warcraft three maps, the, the like Dota and right. uh, League of Legends type games. Right. Um, also, the like all uh, tower defense games sort of grew out of yeah out of this genre too. Um, and I love tower defense games, except I think I don't. Um, by that I mean. Uh, I find I really enjoy playing them, but I think that there's sort of a fundamental flaw in tower defense games, uh, which is that the the it very much appeals to my building up something, but a mistake in the first three minutes of play will mean you lose 15 minutes later. Um, and the the iteration time for the whole thing is just like a bit too much. Like, I don't know. Yeah, well, tower defense games are also. I mean, I've never played one that didn't feel scripted, hmm. where the the enemy is always, you know, there's a wave of this and then a wave of that, and uh, and like on the fourth wave of this round, there's going to be flying things, and if you didn't build archer towers by then, right, or have enough resources to build one right then, or like, yeah, then you but, lose. But I think that means they lack. They lack an exploration element. Hmm. There's nothing you can do to learn about what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, the first one I ever played was Desktop Tower Defense, which uh, is fun. You draw little things. They go, yippee, let's go, And as they, the like enemies come through. Um, and it's whole thing is it only had it had uh easy medium and hard and there was the same sequence of enemies every time and Mm -hmm. you just tried to get to the end of it um right and so they're they're puzzles yeah it it itself was a puzzle um and other ones like kingdom rush or or which is fun has more like a bunch of smaller puzzles and a story and different levels um uh but like the fact that it took you half an hour to lose um, uh, is like worse somehow in that one because it's gives you another whole like it feels like it's supposed to be a bunch of bite-sized pieces and it ends up being just like a lot bigger than that. Also, uh, it has a really terrible negative feedback loop where if you don't win on a, a thing, you don't get the money for that round. Like if a, if you don't kill the enemy, you don't get the money for it. Um, which is, it's it's an interesting way to take the economy out of a real-time strategy game uh, in in just being like, oh yeah, if you succeed this thing, you, you get money. But it it's like, oh, I didn't do well, so I do worse uh, is right. just frustrating in general. Yeah, I've always wondered whether there was, uh, I, and I've never seen one, I'm, I would not be shocked if this game existed and I just haven't played it, but whether there's room for a, a competitive tower defense game where you both made towers and sent an army out and you had to decide where to devote your resources i have invented this game but i in my head i haven't uh, you know constructed Mm -hmm. it so it's like i didn't invent it it's more it's a lot more like i didn't invent (laughs) it than it is that i did 
Um, but I, I wanted to make this at some point in the past. Um, there is, there's a, a type of game called a tug, which is a tug of war where you, each side has, uh, you, you just like click a button to send a unit out, um, where it's essentially, you are the attacker in a tower defense Mm -hmm. game. And then you try to like save up money and send an overwhelming unit and eventually you win or lose, um, and you try to and like when your units get over there, they hit the the base and you have I don't know. It's right, like right. it's like kind of that where you get to decide and you can upgrade your base and you can upgrade. Thing. I don't remember what all the things are that you can do. In, I haven't played all of them, um, but there's there is that that genre which is very much related to the real time strategy and the um, uh, the one we were just talking about tower defenses. Right. Yeah. And then there's the like the MOBA games which are. It, there, it's almost like there's you're playing an action RPG on top of someone else's tower defense game or something. Right. So. right. Yeah, because you don't actually build buildings in in that. No. Yeah, you just have a hero, and there's you, each of your each side has a a minion spawning thing, and your minions are fighting each other, uh, um, but okay. you control the heroes. Right. The thing I didn't like about Warcraft Three was that what I like doing is building an impenetrable base. <laughs> um it's and warcraft 3 you couldn't do that like you could build some buildings on your base but like it was more about your hero and more about sending your troops out and i think they were fighting against the thing that i really like doing mm-hmm. they're like no it's supposed to be about sending out troops and getting into skirmishes earlier and that's what we want this game to be about i'm like but what i want to do is have a whole row of turrets that no thing can fly through and... Right. Yeah, and and I think that game has a it has like a tax mm. um, mechanic where the more units you have, the less resources you get. So it, it forces you to keep your your standing right. armies small if possible. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just it's it's like they are fighting against the way that I like to play. Um. So I didn't like that game at all. <laughs> Yeah, I liked that it in limiting those the sizes of the kinds of things you could do. It limited the the like complexity of what you had to manage at any given time. Mm. Um, I feel like one of the like like the the let's make the giant army and the giant base and do the the big giant thing is fun in single player. It's like super fun in single player, um, and in multiplayer it demands so much skill. Like if that's a po- if that's a choice, uh, if that's a possibility. To, if it's a possibility and a reasonable strategy to have to manage a gigantic army, someone is going to do it really well, and they're going to do it with so many clicks per minute, um, and it's going to be really impossible to pl- play against them. Whereas if there's fewer units, then maybe you don't have to click as hard to to like successfully play the game. Yeah, I, yeah, and I can see that could make that could be a balancing uh, factor and make it easier. Um, I'm, I'm in all the talking about skill level and balancing for different skill levels. I've been thinking a lot about Mario Kart, um, because okay. of how it has all these features to make it. So if you were the best Mario Kart player, the worst Mario Kart player could still hit you with a turtle shell from the back row or, you know, get all the good items and catch up. Right. Um, and it's balancing, um, which I find, uh, to be a good, uh, like concept in the let's play casually with my friends, um, but it takes away a lot of the uh, <laughs> the advanced. Like I want to think very deeply about this and get very good at it, 
uh, aspects of the game. And there's always some sort of balance between those two things. And like, I think StarCraft is, could maybe handle, well, you're calling it a perfect game, so maybe it <laughs> doesn't need to be changed at all. But, uh, but having said that, it's, it's like really inaccessible to me, somebody who's not that good at yeah, it. Yeah. And a lot of that's like game mode choices, uh, or, you know, just giving people mm-hmm. more ways to play the game. Because I'm sure, I mean, I could be wrong, but I wouldn't be, I, I would be surprised if there weren't hyper-competitive Mario Kart players. Um, like, I, mm. I'm sh- I'm sure people have, are able to turn that game into a very competitive experience. We played with somebody that was really good at it. I think it, we played with, okay. the two of us played, but I definitely played Mario Kart a little bit with somebody who was just really good at it. And it turns out there's little tricks, like... You can leap, and, and there's like the a thing that you can you turn do where you, I, there's like a turbo boost or something, but it has a special Mario Kart name. Was it Mo? Oh, I don't know. That's believable. That sounds right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, but like, yes, you can be better at that oh. game. Um, but, but they've made it in a way that's but, fun for a bunch of people to play it together. And and mm-hmm. yeah, there's so I I I pulled a a. The I pulled the Day Nine TV Discord. Um, Day Nine is a, a a StarCraft. Well, he's an e. He's a Twitch streamer these days, um, and he primarily streams mm. Magic: The Gathering. But he got his start doing StarCraft-related content twenty years ago. Um, you know, he hmm. he was a a Twitch streamer before Twitch existed. Um, and, well done. Uh, it used to be called Justin TV, um, but. Well. Uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of like an early, early like esports guy. He's a super awesome, super friendly, a bit kind of amazing community steward. Um, he like curates a really awesome gaming community of really positive, friendly, amazing people. Um, which is not necessarily the most common thing that people say about gaming communities. <laughs> uh, see earlier comments about cesspools. Um, so I I went on the day nine TV Discord and I asked what. I was like, oh, but a bunch of friends with different skill levels want to play StarCraft. Like, is there, what's the best way to have a bunch of humans playing against computers and have it be, like, still be a challenge if there's a lot of them? Because it's like, you know, maybe, like, with, if the AI, if you're better than the AI, you can add more AIs. But there's only eight slots. And if there's, you know, you have six friends mm. you want to play, you get to have two computers and have that be fun. So, um, hmm. and, uh, and one of the things that people suggested was that you should, you shouldn't play against the computer. You should play competitively, but you should play like a free for all game, um, with just a bunch of people playing against each hmm. other because then everyone, then it all kind of balances out because people who aren't doing well will make alliances and do, and that's like a whole mode of gameplay that I don't necessarily enjoy the, the risk gameplay. Yeah. Um, but right. <laughs> risk. But that is like another, uh, one of the big ways that multiplayer games become self-balancing is by by not making them like zero sum there's yeah uh but by self-balancing you mean everyone teams up against one person which i don't think is inherently a fun way to do anything like being ganged up on doesn't feel good um and it probably is like uh well if i'm the best player i will have the worst experience Or you are one of those people who really likes to defeat everyone and laugh maniacally at them. In which Maybe case, that's good. Maybe good for you. That's oh. fine, I guess. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, 
Well, I don't know. We're we're kind of rounding out on StarCraft. I think we there's too much you too much more you could say, but right, we do use a lot more time talking about StarCraft than I think we had originally I think intended. That's true. <laughs> uh, we haven't even gotten to talk about Final Fantasy VII yet, which is another old game that I have not been playing. I was gonna play the remastered, but I didn't get there yet. But you've been going yeah, on. I've been playing. I played Final Fantasy VII. I played through. Um, I just I haven't quite left Midgar, but I think I'm about to. No, maybe I did. Oh, yeah, because okay. I'm on the motorcycle chase. Um, oh yeah. I but I think I nice. I think I just finished the motorcycle chase actually, and and then turned my switch off. Um, but uh, nice. Uh, I have been surprised at a bunch of things about that game. Um, like pleasantly surprised. Mm. It, it's okay. also, in many ways, like a bad game. Like, from like a game mechanical right. sense. Uh, yeah, the, a game that is entirely menus is like... And they're not very interesting not... menus. Like, they're menus yeah. where almost always what you do is choose the attack button. <laughs> right. Like, it might as well not be yeah. a menu. Yeah, and, and so the, the Switch remake... Not, not with, sorry, there's a Switch re-release or a Switch, Nintendo Switch port, which is distinct from the, the, the remake, which is a whole new game with different mm-hmm. mechanics and different everything. But, but the Switch port mm-hmm. has the ability to multiply the speed by times three, which oh. makes battles more palatable, but also okay. you kind of feel like if I'm multiplying the speed of the game times three so I can be done it sooner, <laughs> I'm not really <laughs> sure what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, uh, so, so if that's the case, what's good yeah right? About so, so yeah, so just briefly, mechanically, the game is kind of boring. Um, you go from place to place. Suddenly, you have random encounters. Uh, you're walking around on a map, and then like you're in a battle mode. Um, and you know, then like you press attack a bunch of times, and if you you mm-hmm. use your spells, and and this time around, because you're a grown up, um, and you understand video games, you use your spells all the time, and you get through the battles a lot faster. Whereas when you were a child, hmm. you saved your MP in case you needed it for something hard that was coming down the line, which never came. You, you know what I've never done is use <laughs> any kind of expendable item in any game yeah. ever. Because I might yeah. need them. No, you just end up with like 12 elixirs in your inventory. <laughs> I Yeah, I've never... I don't think I've ever used an elixir in a video game. <laughs> Especially if it's a good Except item. for uh, to feed um, the, magic, the magic boxes or whatever at the end of... It's, it's, it's very late in Final Fantasy VII. There's, the, there's a thing and it says, Gimme Elixir. And if you give it an Elixir, you win the battle and you get like 1,000 AP or 10,000 AP or some... What, oh. The largest number of AP you can get. Which I think is the thing that levels your materia. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember what it was that does that. And I know that most weapons... There's like a couple weapons and armor that have multipliers yeah. on them um and i just remember fighting with like the mop for a really long right. time because it triples your ap yeah. um and so you just want to level up all of your materia and it only has two slots and so you're like Ugh, i really just need level nine this thing sorry uh that was a, a disruption um but yeah so so i just talked about why the game is like bad and dumb but it it has you know the the story it's very it's very kind of loose and sketchy and at the beginning but it it's it's like a perfectly compelling story um that was like, what i liked about that game and and it looks like i think it looks good 
Yeah, so the backgrounds are hand-painted, beautiful artwork because it's just a few still images. Like, like compared to how much time you spend doing things, like the back, the all the backdrops were should still hold up because yeah, you know they, maybe they were scanned yeah. in at low resolution or whatever, but they could be. Yeah, um, they but they look good, and and yeah. even the the polygons, like your characters are super chunky. Squares is. Or Cloud has these like big cube hands, and Barrett has the ridiculous block gun hand. <laughs> right, but but they don't age that badly because they basically don't have textures. Yeah, yeah, and and like they they went with an aesthetic. Yeah, that is not. Um, they they had these limitations back then, so they're like, well, what if we just make it blocky and just don't try to make it look very good. Um, right and later like um like i think final fantasy 8 it actually has these lines and i just remember the aliasing before i really knew what aliasing was Mm -hmm. um and like there's like weird like i remember your character's legs in final fantasy 8 like weirdly tapered down to be really skinny because they (laughs) tried to make them look uh more realistic and lifelike and they just weren't um and so i didn't uh end up so so like it just it probably holds up less well than the the like blocky silly looking but like i don't know they're they went for a style rather than a uh you know something that was like trying to be very photorealistic in those in those cases yeah and, and it, like i was just and of course it sounds great because mm. the music is is really good yeah um it's always been good um yeah and but and so it's it's actually just like pretty pretty easy to just kind of immerse yourself in the game and and play it and i think that definitely relies on me having already played it and it being something i like and enjoy the the menu based random encounter combat gameplay like i think if you had never played a final fantasy game before and you'd just you'd be really frustrated by it um yeah because you're like going from place to place and it's like brah 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 and then <laughs> You're like, okay, I guess I have to hit attack 12 times. Right, and it would always take a long time after entering in a, a battle, and then you'd f- do that part over and over and over again. And Yeah, and there's all these, like, I mean, there's all these cool-looking animations that take time, and then you're kind of like, okay, like, okay. It's cool. it's really funny, because I've been thinking recently about just how much that was influenced. I, I don't know if it was influenced by D&D or somewhere the, uh, like or how much the influence happened in that direction. Cause I know culturally there are, you know, it's a Japanese game and I'm not sure how big that was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been an interesting thing to learn about is the, the history of the JRPG versus the Western RPG. Well, um, I know, I know that like in the original final fantasy, uh, at least in, in the English version, you fight a lot of monsters that are like part of D and D and, you know the whole like you get sucked into a battle now you're rolling initiative is like kind of the same and right you know yeah and, and, and i think what happened is that i think the the jrpgs were inspired by the first western computer rpgs the like ultimas um yeah and things like that and those were super D inspired but then but then your final fantasies and your dragon quests went off in their own direction and became their own distinct thing yeah, I um I I know I've I've like seen and read things about the like, difference between JRPGs and Western RPGs and their history and their split and how um like 
essentially it's all about how how the western rpg is all about you embodying a person and going through this world and you try to make your character as much you as you can and western and and sorry and japanese rpgs are all about the story and the characters and i am going to control this character who is cloud and is going to walk around and do things and and i get to decide what they do in battle and where they go when but they're going to do all the talking on 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 their own right Um, and then like the kind of pinnacles of the jrpgs you're like I mean, Pinnacles isn't right, but the the things that are you know the, the like Final Fantasy sixes, Final Fantasy sevens, the the kind of classic high water marks of mm-hmm. uh, of these because because I think that these days every all of the genres are a little bit muddy and right, um, but but back when the SNES and the PlayStation were first were out, like there were very clear east west distinctions and very clear publishing distinctions, and you know the whole market was less global and. Um, Mm-hmm. There were lots of games that didn't come out in the United States, and they only came out in Japan. And um, but but mm-hmm. those like your Final Fantasy, those Final Fantasy games, and like Chrono Trigger and stuff like that, they're all these ensemble cast stories that are about relationships, um, right? And there and there still exists that kind of game being made. Like I know I know the Persona series is like a right. one that people talk about. I haven't played any of them, um, and like, but like there's there's a lot more. There's also a lot of things that were tied to the role-playing game that, like, back in the day, that are now just part of every genre. Like, having a story. Right. That was something that, like, in order to have a story, your gameplay had to be the same menu over and over again. And you have, like, a few different stationary single single images for some monsters that you can flash. Um, and that's and that's how you, you did that. And then you could, like walk around this whole world map and talk to different people in different villages and um and so like you were you were saving on the resources for the actual gameplay in order to contain all of these stories and now you know your your actioniest action shooter uh explosiony game is uh has a story that goes along with it maybe right and you don't care but writing and it's voice a, acting and mm-hmm. cutscenes and right and like that just wasn't part of most games and like i don't know you you have the princesses in another castle right that's not or like the, um, a big story <laughs> or the the intermission in pac-man you have oh yeah 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 right the first cutscene. Oh. um but yeah uh yeah i i want to play remake because i think they did update the um yeah, I hear the gameplay is interesting. Yeah, which I don't, you know, which would be an improvement. Right. Um, right. The, the I other don't... thing that aged surprisingly well in mm. Final Fantasy VII, and I think it's the last thing I want to say about about the game. Um, we're getting on an hour, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, is you do you remember in the Midgar slums? There's like the cross dressing section. I do. Um, and I kind of went into this being like, uh, this is gonna be a. Uh, this is not going to be comfortable. This is going to be like a late '90s, like queer phobic, uh-huh. you know. I don't know, and and it like it is like cross dressing played for laughs, uh-huh. and so it's not it's not great. But but actually, the thing that I noticed in playing through this round is that you know Cloud goes. He has to like get a dress. He has to dress up as a as a woman to go into a brothel. I guess yes. it's not like explicitly called a brothel, but it. You know, definitely is. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, and and there's like a weird there's like a weird rape joke maybe somewhere mm. in there, um, which is not that doesn't age well. Um, right. But but I mean also should never be okay even <laughs> right. in the 90s. So, right. Like age well. What does that mean? Right. Right. Um, right. But actually, the the main thing that happens is that Cloud like has to go from place to place and get like a wig and a dress and, and a bunch of women's a clothes. Tiara, and ev- I think. A tiara, and everyone he talks to is just like really supportive. Um, and and th- and that's the joke. The joke is that everyone is really supportive, and he's like, "But guys, I'm not actually a crossdresser." But everyone's like, "Oh yeah, no, I totally, I totally understand. Like, you want to feel beautiful. Like, I'm gonna help you out." Here. <laughs> um, it's like really, it's really like warm and friendly. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was Huh. It was not nearly as bad as I expected it to be, like, from my memory going into it. Yeah, I, I don't actually remember what the process of getting the thing... I remember you could buy them, and you had to buy, like, one of each of these things. And, uh, like, if you bought the most expensive one, then you you yeah, were the like... one invited into the, like, guys... Uh, what You know, you were, you were the, the one he that gets picked at the brothel. Right. And if you didn't, then you might somebody else would get picked, and then you have to just break in and fight everyone. Um, yeah. In the end, you break in and fight. In the end, everyone fights everyone, and it's all the same. Right. But if you do the right, if you make the right choices, you get like a special item or materia or something. But right, right. But right. you also just get you also just get more content, and that's a you get like a different scene, and that's one of the things that JRPGs do a lot is is the reward you get from doing a thing is actually just a conversation between some characters. Um, yeah, but, but content as the reward is great. Like I'm all yeah. for like, oh yeah, you you succeeded, so you get this like slightly better little thing. Yeah. Or even even if it's like, you you basically are going to succeed. I think that's that's like a a really pleasant type of what, rewarding players without uh, without breaking the game by giving them like a you know some sort of item that makes them win more, makes the game boring or changes right yeah a lot of times the when you reward people you a lot of times the tendency is to reward people for being successful with uh in for being like mechanically successful like good at running and jumping and hitting the right buttons Mm -hmm. by giving them a special item that makes it so they don't have to be as good at the thing that they've already shown you that they're good at right Um, and there's something a little bit weird about that yeah um which i think we could talk about a whole bunch more later or possibly we already have in the past yeah Uh, i've I don't go back and re-listen to these. No. <laughs> um, but uh, but I think we should wrap up. Yep. Call it a call it a, a session. <laughs> call it a, a podcast. Put it in in the can. Um, yeah. I don't think there's as a it can. were. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about. Uh, the maybe next time we'll talk about the old game I've been replaying, uh, which uh, I don't know if I have that much to say about it, but we'll talk about it later. Yeah, <laughs> uh, perfect. So I've been Bryce and Will, and this has been Side Quests, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.